What is up, everybody? My name is Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. So I'm excited to dive into today's episode. We're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about communication specifically and all the different associations that come with speaking our mind and sharing our emotions and our feelings, especially the types of conversations that are not comfortable to have. Um, You know, there's a definitely a phrase of safe space, right? Being a safe space. Um, But the truth is a lot of the times it doesn't feel safe to share how we're feeling, especially we were raised um, in a family that didn't openly talk about conflict or or have healthy ways to have a conversation about something. And so again, if you are new to Joyfully You podcast, welcome. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe. I'm a self-love and empowerment coach, and I'm on a mission to empower and inspire people to love and to lead and to redefine what it looks like to be a leader in their own life um, and how to use all of these emotional experiences we have in life to better ourselves, to grow through it, to process it, to understand it, and to notice that everything in our life is happening for us. And it's easier to look back on the times that things were really difficult or dark or heavy um, and be able to see like what that taught you or be able to see the parting of the clouds. But it's much more difficult when we're in it. Um, you know, if we find ourselves in a spot where like, I do not even feel like myself or I feel sad or I feel depressed. Um, I think one of the biggest things that's helped me through those different periods of my life is A, not being mad at myself for feeling that by saying like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Um, I call it the gratitude stick. Like I've definitely tried to hit myself with the gratitude stick of like, you shouldn't even be sad. You should be grateful. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like, I know, but I am. And so, th- so then it's like, we're shaming ourselves for feeling what we're feeling, you know? And so th- being able to have that conversation with myself and journaling is a huge way. I talk to myself and have that relationship with myself is like, you're allowed to be feeling this way and you need to remember it's temporary. Your feelings are valid. There's probably a lot of situations or a lot of things within your life that has caused these intense emotions and it's okay. Meaning you're allowed to feel that, you're allowed to be there, but I don't want you to stay there. I I want us to move through it. I want us to use these emotions because emotions are energy in motion. So we have to allow them to keep moving. And a big way we allow our emotions to move is by being seen and heard and having conversations. And everyone talks about like, I want to be seen, I want to be heard. Um, But actually being seen and actually being heard is very vulnerable. And it's it can be very uncomfortable if we have lived a life of not doing that because we weren't raised by people who did that. So we didn't have models or examples of it, right? And this is how we can sometimes attract unhealthy relationships because it's actually familiar um, dynamics of what we were raised in. And if we we're raised in, and like, you know, I had a great, I'm going to be honest, like I had a really great childhood. Like there were definitely moments of trauma, but for the most part, my, my parents, they didn't fight, but they didn't communicate either. And they would communicate, you know, like with us as kids. And I knew that they had a shared common love for both of us, for all three of us kids, but I could feel the lack of intimacy between them, even at a young age that they didn't talk about things they would avoid and ignore and shut down and kind of like just avoidance in general. Like neither of them would talk about, it's like the cold war. So I grew up never really seeing people have healthy communication and sitting with emotions and 
discussing them and working through them and validating each other. Like I didn't, I didn't see a lot of that. Um, so everything that I've brought into my relationships has been learned, has been studied and learned on my own. And so that's kind of what this conversation is going to be about is how to dissect the different ways that we close up and how to open because in relationships with ourselves and with other people, Everything that we do with our relationship with ourself sets the tone for the relationship we have with others. So if we dismiss our own emotions, we are likely to dismiss the emotions of our partners. If we do not tolerate, you know, our own sadness and we try to avoid it or numb it or distract ourselves from it, then we'll try to do the same thing in our relationships, right? You know, if, if when we're stressed, we shut down, um, we're likely going to do that if our partner's stressed or mad or upset with us, we're likely to close down. And so this practice of opening and closing and notice when you're wanting to close and remaining open instead is a lifelong practice. Um, I think it eventually becomes a natural thing as we develop that trust with people in our lives that we create the trust that I'm allowed to open and be heard and be seen, and I'm not going to be abandoned or rejected. But in the beginning, those are the core fears. When we're getting to know someone, when we have our first argument with someone, or when someone we're dating and there's kind of a courting going on, the trust hasn't been built yet. Um, and Brene Brown does an incredible job of describing trust in a relationship. She calls it, she trusts, she uses the example of a marble jar. And how this came from an example from one of her kids in their classes. Every time the kids did something good, marbles got put into the jar. Every time the kids did something bad, marbles were taken out of the jar. And so it's kind of like the same thing with trust. Each time someone does something, there's more marbles put in the jar. And then there'd be times that maybe marbles are taken out of the jar. But if there were no marbles in the jar in the first place, right, there's a deficit. There, there's, there's no trust, basically. Um, and so we get to notice the different things that cause marbles to be taken out of the marble jar, cause trust to be removed from a relationship because when there's no trust, there's no intimacy. And so I, this was like a big blind spot for me as I had major trust issues and I didn't even know it. So there's a lot of common threads of people that have people pleasing tendencies, perfectionism, you know, it's like the fear of like it never really being enough, um, and also people pleasing of like saying yes when you want to say no because you feel bad and you don't want, you know, that is actually a form of control because we can control how that person will react by giving a certain answer. And so whenever there's control, there's a lack of trust. And so uh, it, for anyone that's been labeled a control freak, you know, your ability to go all the way to the depths of control is a reflection of the opposite spectrum of the depths of trusting the process you're able to sink into. And this is like the opposite spectrum, right? So on one spectrum, we have controlling everything. And on the opposite spectrum, we have trusting and surrendering. And there's times where we are on a pendulum swing back and forth between these different states. And so for anyone that has experienced people pleasing, and I know a lot of the listeners here, we definitely have bonded over that topic. Um, Trust is going to have to feel like a trust will feel like a choice in many times in the relationship. And you can notice the sensations you feel in your body when you're with someone because your physical body will alert you the level of trust that you feel with a person. 
but sometimes the body's still going to feel like, like when I first started dating the guy I'm dating now, who is, it's my happiest and healthiest relationship I've ever been in. And I feel so seen and heard. And at the same time, we're both totally ourselves and us being ourselves. We are very different. (laughs) Me and him are very, very, very different. Right. But there it, it, it works. There's things that work. In the beginning of the relationship, there were so many times that I had so much anxiety because it felt so fucking vulnerable. Like the first time, I'm like, how much do I want to share about this? Um, Like the first time that we had sex, I had so much anxiety afterwards because it felt like, oh my gosh, what if he walks away now? Oh, it was all my fear of abandonment just came rushing to the surface. And I, and I like, this is an anxious attachment style. Um, if you've, if you need to read the book attached, it's a very interesting book about all the different attachment styles that show up in relationships. So I've learned that I had an anxious, I have, or I had, I don't know if it's been healed. I think it has, um, an anxious attachment style of like wanting. And so a way that I can create a sense of control when I feel like vulnerable is by research. And so I'll have, if you've ever done this, like this is, I've been there. It's like all of a sudden going crazy reading and watching every YouTube video you can imagine on relationships, reading every blog and article you can read, reading every forum of questions of Reddit or whatever of a potential similar scenario to try and get a little bit of information. That is a form of control. That is us not learning how to, that's, we're not trusting ourselves. We're not trusting the other person. And when you find yourself in those situations of like, Ooh, I feel anxious because I like this person so much and I don't, and it's like the fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection. And this is how my ego coped with that for a long time before I realized that there was a fear of abandonment. Cause I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I was like, well, I don't have that, but I did. What I discovered, um, is if, when I, and, and by the way, so much discovery or things about ourselves happens when we reflect on the past. It's very difficult to see it when we're in the moment, but when we reflect back on the past, that's when we can start to see patterns. That's when we can start to see it's like, oh, there was growth there. It was still a repeating pattern, but there was growth. Um, So when I looked back, I realized so many of the relationships I not so many, the only two, like, I feel like I've only had like three real relationships because I just probably trust issues and also just not wanting to date. Like I I would put myself out there, but it just, things wouldn't go that well. Or the times that I would date, it just, I don't know. Um, I guess I do know I had trust issues. So I would only date people that I knew liked me way more than I liked them. And that was a form of having control. And it was also a way to protect myself because I knew if they ever left, I wouldn't care. Sounds so cold hearted, right? And I didn't know I was doing that in the moment. In the moment, I thought, yeah, I really like this person. Even though in the back of my mind, I knew of like, this is not the person I'm having babies with and having a family with. I know that. But it just felt like, yeah, but for now. And that was like kind of a trauma response to the fear of abandonment by only dating, you know? So this was my pattern, of how I avoided this trust and intimacy and and balance of control um, is by not actually dating someone I could see myself with because that just felt way too fucking scary. And even though I wanted it consciously, I'm like, well, yeah, I want to find someone that I could have a long, beautiful relationship with subconsciously. 
my my being, my nervous system didn't feel like it was safe to be with someone I actually liked because of a fear of them leaving. You know, this all comes down to the fear of rejection. Um, a lot of different personality styles and a lot of women that I work with also have this same fear of rejection. Um, and so when we are afraid of being rejected, we often fear rejecting others. And then what is manifested from that is people pleasing. So that's kind of like the inside workings of, of how that is. And so there's lots of levels of this fear of rejection, of how it shows up in our relationships. You know, um, do you break things off with people before they can break it off with you because you worry that they might hurt you? Or um, do you stay with people, stay in a relationship because you're afraid of breaking it off because you're afraid of hurting their feelings and you're trying to be positive. You're trying to find the silver lining when the truth is, this is not your long-term person. This is a for now person. You know, it's, you'd be setting your, setting both of yourself free by honoring that if you know, that's not the person for you, they, they probably do too, right? We, we find people that match our level of confidence. Thus, we find people that match our level of insecurity. Even if we feel like we're not like that person, there were things that were an energetic match and that's how we became in relationship with them. And so there's a lot of forgiveness work that needs to be done when we reflect on past relationships, especially if they ended poorly or if there was a lot of um, pain and sadness and betrayal or whatever else. All those complicated emotions that um, happen and can happen in relationships, uh, noticing where the resentments are where the fears are, because if we can forgive ourselves and, you know, it's like, I didn't know then what I know now, we can start to erase any sense of remorse or guilt or why didn't I know I should have known. If you didn't know, you didn't know. Like for me, I had to go through a lot of self-forgiveness around being tricked and manipulated because I felt so stupid and I was so mad that I didn't see it. And it also just scared the fuck out of me that I was so naive and blindsided by it that that was probably the, that was when I really put up a wall around like, no, I'm here to have fun. I'm here to explore. I'm here to live out my 20s. I'm here to like figure out my own blocks with relationships because I, I remember someone in my family saying, like, maybe your picker's broken. And that literally, was like it broke my heart to hear that and like I felt so much deep deep pain because hearing that meant there was like if I believed that thought it meant something was wrong with me and I think that's like one of the fundamental um, lies like a core lie is there's something wrong with me it's the it's a huge lie that it doesn't feel good in our system at all because it's not true in our inner being your soul your heart knows that's not true and so it's a conflicting idea you know that's why I'm not enough does it feel it feels so shitty because it's conflicting the truth and the truth is you are enough and the truth is you are lovable I think I use the affirmation of um, I'm loved and infinitely supported I am loved, loving, and lovable. I am lovable. Like that belief of I am lovable. And then also building the trust of like, I have discernment. I've experienced things so I can spot it better. I had to experience that heartbreak in order to coach all of the women I've coached through that um, that that reinstalling of trust and love and connection and 
and self-respect and like forgiveness of like, we didn't know then what we know now. And so now that we know this, we can do better. We can make better decisions. We can be okay with rejecting someone when we know that they're not good for us or when we know they're not actually respecting us. We can learn to respect ourselves, which automatically elevates the quality of relationships we allow into our sphere. It's a vibrational thing. It's an energetic thing. So the more you respect yourself and take care of yourself and date yourself and treat yourself like a motherfucking queen, the more likely you're, you will attract someone who also takes care of themselves, who also takes responsibility for their life. You know, who, who, and so every relationship we've had is an energetic match to where we were also at in some way. And so being able to look back at every relationship you've had with love and acceptance and, you know, sometimes it was like super shitty and you might even have like, you know, hatred towards someone learning to love it as an experience as a whole, that it taught you something. But until you take the time to reflect, open up your journal, reflect like what were some of the most painful experiences I've had regarding relationships? Maybe times that you, if you've been cheated on, or maybe you've been the cheater or whatever the situation might be that felt like relationships are not safe, right? All those different things and thoughts that come up and go through and be like, what did I learn from that situation? And maybe like do like four experiences that were really painful, write out, give yourself a moment of catharsis of just releasing and writing it all out. You know, this happened and this happened. Um, And then ask like, what did I learn through this? And start to find that lesson that you learned. And then it's the next step is how, how can I find a moment of gratitude for what I learned and how that has supported me with where I am now? So you guys got that? Three steps. Step one, write down four or five painful experiences you've had. Step two, like write it out in depth, as detailed as you can get, you know, and this is going to be a catharsis. And so think about like, if you're throwing up something, it's painful, but then once it's out, you feel better. Same, same, same deal. Step two, reflect on it. What did you learn from that experience? Step three, what are you grateful for learning that has, like, what is something within that that has supported you today? And this could be relationships from 10 years ago, from five years ago, from six months ago, from two days ago. It doesn't matter. The mo- It doesn't matter the time frame. So like, don't, like, this is, this is what I did to myself for a long time is I w- felt like if I gave attention to my memories with this one guy, like the one relationship I've talked about so many times on this podcast, like that narcissistic guy, the first relationship that just, that's the guy, that's the one that really fucked with me because it was so fast and turbulent and toxic. Um, and I was so confused because I was like, I love you, but I hate you. What is this feeling? I don't understand. Um, for a long time when I was um, starting personal development and like my self-love journey and like learning about coaches and learning about um, meditation and hypnotherapy and reprogramming the mind, I always wanted to avoid that relationship because in my mind, this is what my ego was saying is, I'm not giving him another fucking second of my time. Because I, I felt like if I talked about that experience or if I um, used it as a focal point for like a forgiveness meditation or whatever, that I was somehow giving him more. I was I, I hated him so much I didn't even want to talk about it because I felt like he was getting something from me. Because I felt like he had taken things from me emotionally and all this stuff. Um, 
But that was, I was actually robbing myself of healing because it had nothing to do with him. And it had everything to do with me and my relationship with myself and my ability to realize like, wait, I did play a role because I was just so angry at him that I hadn't taken responsibility for the resentments I had towards myself. I, I had to rebuild the trust by first acknowledging that I, had, I was mad at myself for not leaving sooner. I was mad at myself for not being able to notice it or recognize it. Or like, I was mad at myself for being tricked. I was mad at myself for not seeing it. I was mad at myself for so many things. And that was anger and resentment that was being held within my emotional body. And when we don't process our emotions in the body, they manifest as physical symptoms in the body. And so then all of a sudden these weird illnesses start popping up. And so... Yes, it's important to deal with our emotions for our well-being, but it's also important for our physical health and well-being, okay? So if you find yourself not wanting to write about a certain experience because you don't want to give them any attention or you're just, it was so painful, then that's where you go. The area you don't, the, the memory of the relationship or the experience that you're like, thank God it's fucking over. I never want to talk about it again. Like, sorry, that's where you need to go because if there's so much pain there, you don't even want to look at it. If you can be able to start to heal that, that, that area, that experience, that memory, there's so much fucking power and confidence and strength because the opposite like spectrum, when anger is healed, it becomes passion. There's a reason why I'm so passionate about talking about self-love and, and, and our intuition and self-trust and trusting the process because it once was the biggest source of my anger because I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. So I tried to control everything and I didn't realize, I didn't realize that all I needed to do was trust the process, take responsibility and open my heart and have those conversations that are difficult, especially with myself. If there's any topics within yourself that feel so off limits because it's so painful, I encourage you to go there with yourself with a pen and a paper or maybe with someone that you know can hold space for you. Or if you've been wanting to have a private coach, I have openings for my self-love leadership program. It's a 90-day private coaching program where you and I get to talk every week for three months and we get to navigate and go through all of these different things that are blocking us from feeling our most confident self, from feeling alive, from feeling connected to our fucking life, to actually feeling like we're in the driver's seat of our life versus it being a passive thing that's just that we're along for the ride and there's nothing we can do about it and life is suffering and all of these other things like, no, no, we can heal, we can transform, we can release, we can renew, we can rebuild, we can rejuvenate, we can recreate. And so that invitation is available to you. If, if you've been wanting to do private coaching, send me a message on Instagram and I'll send you a link and we can schedule a call and we can hop on the phone and we can connect and we can see if it's a good fit. And so that is also available to you. But you can also open up your journal and you can and you can start that conversation with yourself, okay? So I'm Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm sending you so much love in your process and your journey of wherever you are at on that emotional spectrum. Um, you are loved and you are infinitely supported, okay? And so if you are listening to Joyfully You and loving it, you know someone that needs to hear this, go ahead and send them this episode. Or if you... Ha- 
want other people to know about the podcast and the way it's helped you, take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram story and tag me at Kelsey Lowe Show. Um, also, uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcast, leave me five stars and write a review for me. That means the world because that helps me grow this show and my mission to inspire people to love and lead. So thank you. I love you. I'm Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.